sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known, by forever daddy, oh how we love you so, I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. All right. All right. Anybody? Anybody? We need to order some chairs, man. We're running out of chairs. Amen. Which means we have to be knocking down that wall soon and take the rest of this place. Amen. All right. Somebody say, yeah. Yeah. All right. We're excited. We're excited about the word. We know where we're starting today, right? We start in trouble. We start in trouble today. That's where we starting. I want to start. We're going to start, in case you don't know, we're starting in a brand new series on the book of Genesis. And we're going to go through the whole book of Genesis, man, and just get crazy with the word. Amen? And so the title of the series, I, I, wanted to, I want to title the series, The World Series. <laughs> Amen? I was going to wear a fitted and everything, but they don't make fitteds this big. So, so the, the title of the series is The World Series, and it's going to start today with today's message entitled Divine Design. Divine Design. Pray with me. Say, God, move me, challenge me, touch me, bless me, do something with me, scare me. Just don't leave me the way I walked in. Amen. Amen. Well, all right. All right. Listen, listen. I'm going to quote from Psalms 19 today. Listen, listen. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Listen to another one. Romans 1.10. For Forever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature and attributes <coughs> have been made intelligible and clearly discernible in and through the things that have been made so that man is without excuse. Whoa. That, that means creation displays his handiwork creation tells us about god so that man is without excuse why why did god do that i i think it's because pastors will mess it up amen churches will mess it up churches have been hurting people and turning them away and abusing them and misusing them for years amen so, so God said, I'm not going to just leave it to the church. Even, the, even nature, even the design, everything about the world declares my handiwork so man is without excuse. Let me give you an illustration as we approach the Word of God. The Word, 
Here's a modern day parable for us. The word of God is like a colossal fruit tree. So the word of God is like a tree. I'm talking about a ginormous fruit tree. So get that picture in your head. You can see this towering and beautiful tree and you can admire it from a distance. You can focus on the immensity of the tree, the volumes of color, the stature, the length of its branches, the strength, the abundance of its leaves and fruits, all without even getting close to it, all from a distance, and you can still be amazed and enlightened. Now, you can also choose to approach it, to come close to that tree. And you can stand up close to it and compare its size to yours and its strength to yours. And, and you can get right on, right, right there and, and, and touch it. You can sit up under it and enjoy its covering. You can stand under it and enjoy its protection. Now, for the adventurous... You choose to climb that tree. You choose to run at that thing and climb up to the very top of that thing because you want to see what, what things look like from that perspective. Amen? You want to see how things look like from up there. You want to experience that tree. You shake that tree to test its strength, to test its branches. And, and when you shake it and fruit falls from it, you take that fruit and you eat it, man, because you want to experience, you want to taste that tree. Family, the Word of God is like this tree. And so what I, what I want to do this year, starting right now, is to examine that tree. I want us to admire it and, and take in its beauty from a distance. I want us to get up close to it and recognize its strength in comparison to ours. I want to sit up under it and feel its covering and its, and its protection. I, I also want to shake those branches and see what it would give us. I also want to taste and see if the Lord is good or not. Understand this though, when you stand up under a tree and shake its branches, something is bound to hit you in the head. Right? Get the picture. You're under this big tree. You, you, you're standing there like a bobo shaking it. Things are going to hit you in the head. Amen? See, something might smack you where you think. Let the wise understand. Something is going to hit you in the area that you think is going to leave you startled maybe. It's going to leave you shaken. Amen? But, but ultimately, we want to climb up to the highest peak and see things from that perspective because we see things better when we look from there. From there, we see the bigger picture. Did you know that whenever you're lost, like in a, in a jungle or a forest, professionals will tell you, climb up to the highest point. Because from the highest point, you'll see where you are and where you need to go. <laughs> That's cool. From there, you won't be lost anymore. See, when we climb up to the highest point, we see things the way they are, we realize where we are, and we realize where we need to go, and then we're not lost anymore. 
Anybody want to stay lost? See, you stay lost when you don't move up higher. You stay lost when, when you choose to, I just want to stay right here. I just want to stay right where I'm at. I'm going to keep doing the same stupid things I do and hope things will get better. I'll keep doing the same stupid moves. I'll keep making the same stupid hustle and hopefully something will change. But you know that's insanity, right? If you want something different, you got to do something different. Amen? So, so that's what we're doing this year. We're going to climb up to the highest point and, and, and just, you know, I want us to experience this, man. And so understand, this experience that we're on is called, a lot of people refer to it as the journey. I'm on a journey, right? When people talk about their Christian walk, they say, I'm on a journey. And, and we've been preparing and packing and getting ourselves ready. And today, I believe, man, we're ready to step out. Amen? We are ready to step out. I don't see this church as a building full of chairs and nalgas and, and just sitters. I see it, man, I, I, I start to see it different. I see this church now as a team of pilgrims. You know what pilgrims are? Pilgrims, a, a pilgrimage is, 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 is when, when a person who travels to a sacred place for religious reasons, with a religious purpose. And so we're pilgrims, man. I, I see us all like kind of we're outside and we got like the real big backpacks on and we're leaning forward so we don't fall back because, you know, we, we're ready to just go. We got water here. We got an extra water here because we know there's going to be, we're going to go through some dry seasons. Amen. We got extra water because we know there's going to be some dry seasons. We know not everything is going to be nice. Not everything is going to be. Do you understand that when you give your life to God, not everything automatically gets beautiful? Don't, you know, let people lie to you because then you come to church for the wrong reasons. When you, when you say, I'm going to go on a journey, man, I'm going to, I'm going to seek you out. I'm going to go to the sacred place for a reason just to get close to you. Sometimes it even gets worse before it gets better. Amen. Sometimes all hell will cave in on you. But, but, but that's what separates the men from the boys. Amen. That's what separates the men and women of God from, from people that just want to be in a cult. I just want to get something stamped on me and get an earring and just whatever, you know, and just do what everybody else tells me to do. That's not us. We in a, you're in the wrong place if you're looking for a cult. We are pilgrims, man. We're on a journey. We're going to get everything that God has for us. And the way to do that is to understand His Word, right? Understand that Starting this journey is going to be the rest of our lives, and it's a journey that many of us will not come back from. Ow. And even if you do make it back, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. All right, we ready? You ready to take a walk? Let's discover this divine design. Well, all right, if you brought your copy of the Word, you can open it up to Genesis I said this series is going to be real easy because it's the first book of the Bible. So you don't have to be embarrassed trying to find where's this, where's that. It's right up and you just open it up and look like you know what you're doing. Right in the first book. So we're going to be there for as long as God keep us there. So Genesis 1-1, check out this. Now listen, we're not even going to get through chapter 1 today because it's so, this, this fruit man is so juicy. This is, you ever had like a pear or, or something that you bite into and it's, you take a bath, right? I, oh, there's Puerto Ricans here. You ever had a mango? 
You know, you can't eat mangoes like outside. You got to eat it at home, right? Because you know, yeah, you got to wear a messed up shirt. Because you know if you're really going to eat, I mean, if you're going to eat it all proper, then you ain't even having fun. You don't know how to eat one. But, but if you're going to get down with a mango, it's, you, just, you know there's going to be stuff all over you. Right? Your eyebrows are going to be pasted this way. And, and when you're done, you're just going to be <sighs> sticky, like all messed up, jacked up. All the little strings in your teeth, jacked up. For the next two days, you're like... But man, all right, so, so, so Genesis is like that, man. So we're not even going to get real far, but we're just going to at least get it started. Amen? Let's get it started in here. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That should be enough right there. <laughs> we could get stuck right there. People get turned off right there. People tune out right there. People turn it off right there. Gonna say that, you know, boom. Listen, this is the most controversial, the most scandalous, even the most ridiculous statement to the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Church, if you believe Genesis chapter 1, you'll have no problem believing the whole rest of the Bible. But if you can't get a hold of Genesis chapter 1, nothing else in there is going to make any sense or do you any good. All religions come from ignoring the basis of Scripture and just taking the stuff that they want to take. That's religion. Religion will say, let's, let's, let's not deal with the stuff that hits us in the head and hurts. Let's just deal with the fun stuff. You'll be blessed. You could have money. You could be prosperous. You could, you could have healing. You could have deliverance. You could walk in victory. You could walk mighty. You could walk in power. But, but... Let's leave, let's, let's get all the fluff. You understand? That's religion. We, we're dealing with the word because we're pilgrims. Amen? So, all right. The bottom line is either he did it or he didn't do it. There's no, there's no, nothing. I don't care what it says. The Greek, the Hebrew, I don't care. The scholar, the college, I don't care what. Either he did or he didn't do it. And that's what you need to wrestle with this morning. Either God created the heavens and the earth or he didn't, period, point blank. Amen? All right. So, the, and, and let me make it clear to you, the Bible does not make any elaborate arguments for the existence of God. That's crazy, right? The Bible doesn't make elaborate arguments for the existence of God. It does tell us how we can know that God exists. There's a difference. It tells us how we know that God exists. See, the Bible tells us that we can know God exists because of what we see in creation. Romans 1.20, again, since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. So we come to the Bible believing it's a place where God has spoken to man perfectly and comprehensively. We believe 2 Timothy 3.16 that says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for righteousness, that the men of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good word. So when we look at Genesis 1.1, we see that God created the heavens and the earth. But wait one minute. Science says... 
Science has always said that the earth wasn't created, it was formed. Science, and science says it was formed by a giant collision of meteorites and planets, among many other theories. This is taught in the highest levels of our education today that through this big explosion, everything just worked out. <laughs> How many of you have been in car accidents? <laughs> That's some fun stuff, right? So, so by this collision, everything just worked out. It's like, you know, I drive a Hyundai. And it's like, let me get the Hyundai up to like... 80, to do that, I got to be going downhill and, you know, hopefully have a long stretch. But, but maybe if I do it enough and run it into the side of a cliff enough at that speed, it'll turn into the Ferrari that I want to drive. Right? It, 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 it's it's kind of that kind of thinking. But listen, so listen, let me kind of give you what science says. Science says the planet became just the perfect size and shape. It started rotating at just the right speed on just the right access to keep the oceans in place. And it stopped at just the right direction in the right orbit in relationship to the sun and to the moon. Because do you know that just one mile closer to the sun, we'd all burn up. One mile farther, just one mile, we are millions of miles, just one mile closer or farther, it would be cold and we'd freeze and there'd be no life. But it just worked out that way, amen? So, so just, it, it just, and then it, it created just the right gravitational pull because of the center of the, of the earth, what it's made of, and the metals, and how it created just the right gravitational pull to, to create just the right atmosphere with just the right balance of nitrogen and oxygen. The, 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 our, our atmosphere is made of 79% nitrogen and 21% oxygen. Just the right balance so that we can breathe. Isn't that incredible? Just on chance, just from an explosion. It's just the right shape, just the right spin, just the right distance, just the right orbit. And in it is just the right environment of air, 79% nitrogen, 21% oxygen. Listen, if the nitrogen were increased, our life processes, they would, they would speed up, they would slow down actually, and we would slowly die. If the oxygen were measurably increased, our life processes would rapidly go out of control and we would die. Listen, if the mix was reversed, then, then the atmosphere would be nitrous oxide. How many know what nitrous oxide is? That's laughing gas. That's what the dentists give you. So we don't all be walking around stupid. If, if it were, if, if, if it were, uh, if the mix was reversed, if it was more oxygen, then, then that would make it the nitrous oxide. If it was even, if they say like, let's have equal parts, that would make nitric oxide, which is fatal to all forms of life. Are you getting the science? So it, it was, but no, by chance, the exact, just right balance was created and the perfect atmosphere was formed by this big bang. Even the water to land ratio of the earth had to be just right. If, if there was more or less of one thing, everything would either become swamp or desert. But thank the universe that everything worked out from this collision. Amen. 
creating the perfect environment so that one-celled organisms can come to life out of nothing, which defies every scientific law that we have. And, and so this can happen in the water, and, and this one-celled organism could become, from that one-celled organism, could become species upon species upon species of every living thing. Not right away, of course, but through millions and millions and millions of years of evolution, through processes like natural selection, adaptation, and genetic drift. I'm sorry if this sounded like a science class, but I want you to take notice of the perfect design of our universe. The perfect design of our planet. The perfect design of our bodies. The perfect design of every living thing. So that you could take notice and declare that since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by things that are made. There is a divine design. Amen? So Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let's shake that branch a little bit. Even if we just shake it a little bit, look what falls down. When we look at that scripture, it says, the word that's used for God is Elohim. Now, Elohim, why does that matter? Say, I'm Puerto Rican, that doesn't make a difference to me. Right? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because Elohim in, in Hebrew is a plural word. But it's being used as it's singular. I'm sorry, now we're in English class. But, but this matters, man. This matters. It's a plural word being used as it's singular. As if it were singular. See, God was already preparing us to understand that we'll find later in His Word that He's one God in three persons. Come on, y'all ain't excited as, as you should be. See, even in the wording, God is already preparing us for what He's going to teach us later. That He's one God in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And we'll, we'll see that later even in Genesis when He says, Let us make man in our image. Us and our, one person doesn't talk like that. Right? If I said that, let, no, it doesn't make sense. But again, God is setting it up, Amen? Now, even in that other word, the word create, even in that, other, that same sentence, the word create is a Hebrew word, bara. Bara means to make something out of nothing. To, to make something out of nothing. So it reads, out of nothing God created the heavens and the earth. Listen, man cannot create anything. You understand? We can make things, we can fashion things, we can shape things, we can form things out of existing material, right? If I told you, go build a house, you tell me, give me the stuff, right? You can't create a house, because that means we create a house out of nothing, bara, out of nothing. So the only, the closest that we can come to creating, this is important, listen. The closest that we can come to creating is by reproducing ourselves sexually. Uh-oh. That's perhaps the one reason why Satan would want to pervert and destroy God's plan and standard for sexuality because it is deeply connected with us being made in the image of God. See, our sexuality is just a part of us being made in the image of God. That's the closest we can come to creating things. So why do you think the world wants to twist that? 
Let the wise understand where that's going. But that's a whole other message. I could go to jail for preaching that now. Let's keep going. Genesis 1, 2, verse 2, and it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. This is so cool. Listen, there's a lot of speculations. I'll give this to you real quick. There's even a theory that, that says there's a huge gap of time between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. It's called the gap theory. And, and a lot of people... There's a lot of speculations and a lot of theories and people believe that there's millions or even billions of years in between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Mostly, people have adapted that because they wanted to, to uh, be buddy-buddy with scientists and say, yeah, the science says that the world's are billions of years old, so if we accept that, then we can still agree with the scientists and still... But listen, we don't need to agree with scientists, amen? Either God did it or God didn't do it, Okay? It's either designed by God or it all happened by chance. You decide. Amen? Okay. So, there, there, so that's the gap theory. I'm not going to get into that because, again, the Word doesn't show that. The Word doesn't have. And all I want to deal with is what the Word says. Amen? There's a, a quote that I found that says, All versions of the gap theory impose outside ideas on Scripture and thus open the door to further compromise. That's not what we want to do. Amen? All right. So I'll focus on what the Word does say. The Word does say that the earth was without form and void. Those are the words tohu and bohu. Confusion and emptiness. So the world was confused and empty. It's a picture given of chaos. Just a pile of water, vapor, and mass. And it says the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. I want you to see that. The picture is like that of a mother hen watching over her baby chicks. It's like an eagle watching over his nests. Right? And so we see right here in just the first two sentences of the Old Testament, we see Jesus. Somebody say, I didn't see that. Okay, let me show you in case you didn't catch it. See, the word... The world was nothing to look at. It was nothing to be desired. It was useless. It was void and without form. It was chaos. It was confusion and empty. And it says darkness was across the face of it. Now, this is not darkness that's just the absence of light. This is an actual darkness that was over it. Listen, that was our condition before grace came in and changed us. Anybody can testify to that? That was us, confused, empty, and in darkness, man. That was our condition before grace made a change in us. Romans 5 says, God demonstrated His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, God died. While we were of no use to Him whatsoever, while we were void and empty and covered in darkness, God sent His Son and said exactly what the next verse says. Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light. And there was light. That's the whole... See, the, the story of the world is the same story of our redemption. The first step from emptiness and confusion to order is the bringing of light. And that's the way God works in our lives today. Amen? God will bring some light, man. God will just turn something on. I pray, I pray even today for everyone that's here, man. God's just going to turn something on. 
this darkness, this confusion, this, this emptiness, man, I pray God's just going to turn something on. That's, that's what it takes. See, I'm not here to convince you that there's a God. I'm not here to convince you that you got to serve him, that you better this, that you better that, or you're going to hell, or you're going to burn, or you're going to... That's not me, man. That's not even God. Amen? That might be true facts, but that's not, that's not the love of God. I just want God to, to put the light on in you. Now, uh, right, right here, the, the first step, you know, God works in our lives today with that light. God shows us here, light is more than a physical substance. We learn right in this passage, it also has a supernatural aspect to it. In fact, in Revelations, at the end, in the new, it says in the new heavens and in the new earth, there won't be any sun or any moon. We'll just have the light of God. God himself will be the light. Can you imagine everything being clear, but there's no light? Can you, can you imagine standing outside and f- everything full of light, but looking up and not seeing any sun? That's crazy, right? That's heaven. Because God himself will be the light. It's a supernatural thing. It's even hard for us to even think about it in our, in our finite minds. But God himself will be the light. So we see that here. And, and on day one, God spoke light and there was light. But if, you, if you're clever and if you read on, you see he didn't create the sun until day four. How many of you say somebody messed up? Right? The people that put the word together messed up. Because how God created the light on day one, but he didn't make the sun until day four. Let you, let, you, let you wrestle with that. That's deep, right? Day two. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made this firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. This is so amazing and so much more than we think about it when we just read it the first time. You got to shake this tree and see what else is in there. See, this day two, it says God divided the waters from the waters. This is not, this is the other days when he divided the water from the land. This is, he divided the waters from the waters and he called the space heaven. See, what he did in this day is he put the waters above, that's our clouds, the sky. All the water that's above and from the waters below, okay? So, so, so you get that picture, okay? So he, he said, it's, it's, it's so amazing. It's referring to the water above and the water below. He created a blanket in the skies which is full of water vapor. This blanket, it, it, it makes the clouds. This blanket blocks out so many of the rays and the harmful radiation that would harm us from, the, from space. This blanket keeps in, it's like a greenhouse it creates in the earth. It keeps in all the stuff that we need, that that we need to survive. When people talk about the greenhouse effect and all that and global warming and all that stuff, it's about getting rid of this layer. It says that we're destroying this layer. But see, God on day two divided the waters, put waters here and waters here. It's unbelievable. Listen, watch for the divine design in here. Watch this. One quarter of the earth's surface is dry land and three quarters is covered with water. Watch. Back to history class now. In the United States alone, we have three and three quarter million square miles of dry land. And all of it has to be watered and cared for or it'll just become desert. There'll be nothing growing, no trees, and we'll have no life. That makes sense? So far, stay with me. 
So science has determined, this is science now, has determined that the rainfall on the earth is determined by the proportion of water and land that we have. Watch, this is incredible. Suppose the ocean was only half its present size. That would mean our rainfall would only be one quarter of what we now get. So what, what that would mean that for three and three quarter miles square lines of land that we have in the United States, that means it will all be turned into desert if we didn't have enough rain, right? So if half the present land were added to the ocean, that would be four times as much rainfall that there is now. And how many of you know that means the entire United States would be a marshland. It would be un- unlivable. It would be swamp and flooded. Listen, listen, stick with me. This is so deep. So suppose that mankind had to water all of these three and three quarter million square miles of land. How would we ever spread out that water and irrigate this land effectively? We'd have two major obstacles. The first obstacle is transportation. Water is heavy. And to have enough water to, to water and to, and to distribute evenly over all of those three and three million you know, miles of square of dry land... That would be a major challenge, amen? So the, the one problem is transportation. How do we spread out water? The second problem is salt. It's all salt water. And the salt in that water would destroy all the green vegetation and we die again. Say, that's crazy. You, you see what I'm saying? This is the, the problems. We have transportation and we have salt. So how does God's divine design solve this problem? Look, look how beautiful this is. God uses heat. The sun's rays. He sends down the rays of the sun. It turns the water into vapor, which is 900 times lighter than water and lighter than the atmosphere. So this vapor is easily lifted out of the ocean and carried into the sky. And it forms our clouds. Now, the water is separated, but it's still above the bodies of the water, which don't need any more water. Now God sends the winds to push these bodies, these bodies of water over dry land. Uh, you got to see God's design in this, man, because it really matters. Now, how do we get it down to the earth? There's another divine design. Cold contracts, right? So when the clouds pass over the mountain peaks, the cold air reaches up and it begins to cool those clouds. And if, if it cools those clouds gradually, the clouds start releasing water. You, you, you seeing this? So, so this divine design that God created, he, he brings the water up and then he, how does he get the water up? He warms it with the sun. The water turns into vapor. That vapor is lighter than air. So it goes up. It fills these, these cloud masses, this environment. The winds come, the winds blow, blows it over from the ocean onto the dry land. As it passes the mountain peaks, it starts to cool and it starts to release. And now the, the, the land is watered. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. But what happened to the problem of the deadly salt? Well, when God evaporates the water through the heat, it leaves the mineral deposits and leaves everything behind. So the the water that goes up is sweet and perfect for irrigation of the land. (coughs) Science says all of this happened by chance. By random mutations, by by chance, understand something. If this wasn't set up to work exactly the way that it works, we would never have been here. 
For something to evolve, it has to survive. We'll get into this later on in the weeks when we start talking about life and, and humans and animals. For something to evolve, it has to survive. If something is born and dies, it can't evolve, right? It has to survive, right? So if, if, if certain things don't work right out the box, they're never going to work. And if certain things don't, if this whole system of water and land and irrigation didn't work right out the box, it would never work and we would never have life here. You, do you see God's divine design? Come on, man. This stuff is exciting. I'm sorry if it sounds like science. But it's amazing just to see. God says the, the, the heavens declare the glory of God. He says we can know He exists just because of the way things work so that man is without excuse. And all that we got from a simple shake of the tree. The tree itself declares the glory of God. It's, it's a divine design. Listen, so what's so incredible about all that science that works so incredibly well? As we continue throughout this journey, we're going to shake the tree. We're going to unfold and discover that you and I are also a divine design. Tell somebody, you're a divine design. Listen, listen, listen. Mama may have said you was an accident. <laughs> Papa might have broke out because he said you were unplanned. Come on, we laugh, but this is hardcore, right? That's some serious stuff. You might have believed you grew up thinking you was a mistake. You grew up thinking you was an accident. Listen, the word of God is saying, and I believe you're here today to hear that you are a divine design. Yeah, amen. And when you get in your heart that you're a divine design, that means if I'm a design, there's a designer. Amen? How many had your houses designed all by themselves? You bought the furniture and it just found everything in. You, and all of a sudden the walls changed color to match the furniture. All of a sudden the little knickknacks and bolerias that are all over the house that match. It just came together, right? But no, man, your stuff is designed. And so if something is designed, and some of your houses might not look like they were designed. But anyway, that's a whole other story. If something, was a, if something has a design, that means it has a designer, Amen. I love, I love just, just taking simple stuff. I used to, we, I remember in basketball camp one day we had, and, and I took a basketball. And, and the basketball is just an amazing design, man. And, and I just started bouncing the ball. And I said, man, isn't this incredible? And the kids were like, yeah, man, we love basketball. You know, there's all a bunch of uh, kids that were into basketball. We and I said, isn't this awesome that, you know, one day through millions and millions of years, little children, little Cro-Magnum monkeys used to bounce rocks right and they used to throw them at things and then over millions and millions and millions and millions of years this this rock it, it started um, um kind of getting round you know from the banging and and little by little it started it started um getting shape and then and then science you know because of the constant banging for millions and millions and millions of years um natural selection and 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 random mutation and all of that said man we should we should fill with air so that it would bounce higher Wow! And so millions and millions of poor kids that were playing with rocks, basketball, right? But the little monkey apes, you know, that were playing. But 
But later on, you know, Cro-Magnum man, you know, that he stands this way, he started having some bounce in his shot. You know, because, because through millions and millions of years, this thing started getting bounced. And then later on, you know, we, we, there's no proof of all this, but it had to happen because we have the basketball, right? And so through millions and millions of years later, it's hard to shoot like this, you know? So he started standing up a little straighter. And so the ancestors, millions and millions and millions of years later, stood up straight, you know? And they started getting taller. And then through millions and millions of years, this thing started turning orange for some reason. I don't know when basketballs became orange but it was just cool because it was easier to see and then through the handling through millions and millions of years um, the, 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 the thing decided that it should have these little grooves on it so that we can hold on to it better that just developed through millions and millions of years of evolution how many of you believe that? That's, 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 that's what evolution would say. Something as ridiculous as that. Why? Why? It's, it's because, listen, because this world does not want to be accountable to God. That's the bottom line. Because listen, if we acknowledge and say, I am a creation, I do have a creator, that means I need to figure out and do what the creator wants me to do. I need to realize that the creator created me for a purpose and I better be in that purpose. And when I'm not in that purpose, everything is going to get screwed up. See, You can't use a basketball for a nightstand. It wasn't designed to do that. Right? With every movement, it'll roll off the table. Besides the fact that there's no light in it. There's no plug. It's not made. And see, some of us, we go through all our lives, man, not realizing I'm a creation and I should be about what I was created for. But, but, but somewhere along the line, we get it twisted and we get it perverted and we say, no, nah, man, I was created to nail everything that moves. Sorry. But just going to tell it like it is, amen? We get it in our, in our minds, man. And, and, you know, MTV and BET and our music and our video, everything will tell us, man. Just everything, everything. And then one day you get married. I see the look of uncomfortableness in a lot of people's faces, so I'm going to just move on. Amen? See, when you get in your heart that you are a divine design, then you realize that longing in your heart for spirituality. Why do you think all our music now is all spiritual? Right? The craziest, wackiest nonsense that we can sing, but we're making it spiritual now. Right? Just listen to all the, all the hip-hop right now. It's all want to get spiritual without God. So there's a longing in us for spirituality. When, when we realize that we're a divine design, you realize that longing in your heart for answers, for deeper meaning, for purpose. It was put there by design. You know why some of you are not happy doing what you're doing? Because you're not doing what you were made to be doing. And listen, I'm not here judging anybody. I'm not condemning anybody. I mean, the, some of you made the first step just by being here, man. It's an awesome declaration. You're saying, yo, man, there's got to be something more to this life. I'm sick of doing the stuff that I'm always doing. There's got to be something more. I'm going to at least check out a church or two or something or read a book or something. 
Because there's a longing in us for deeper meaning, for purpose. It was put there by design. But listen to this and I'm done. Proverbs 19.21 Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. By looking at the design all around you, you start to realize and understand that you are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You are a creation with a creator. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares your God. And they're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. Listen, man, for too long, we, we, even God's people, man, we think God is just looking to punish us. God is just looking to see what we do wrong, and, and He's just looking to get on our case. He's just looking to make sure we don't have any fun. I don't know about you, I'm a pastor. I have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, I'm a lot of fun at parties. Invite me. I'm fun. I think I'm the life of the party. I come and people laughing around me all the time. We're having a good time. Maybe they talk about me when I leave. I don't know. But I don't really care. Because I know I have fun. Amen? <laughs> so I, I just, church, I just want God's family, man, to see I'm a divine design. You know, we need to look at each other. Man, I, I see rubbing pregnant bellies and men, and I see babies and in, in, in things, and I say, wow, man, if that don't start to get you thinking about creation and about how God, how, how this stuff works. See, we think sex is dirty like we invented it. Like we discovered we got this part, you got that part, and it works. That was God's creative design, man. Sex is beautiful in its place, though. It's got to be in its place. Just like a fire in a fireplace is beautiful. Just like, you know, you could warm yourself by a fire and, and, and you could just listen to the crackling of wood and it's beautiful. But when the crackling of wood is your house, it's not so beautiful. You, you understand? It's not, when you're warming yourself by all your belongings that are burning up in your house, you don't see people like rejoicing. Like, wow. Now that's a fire, man. That's, that's my sofa. My couch or my pictures, that's wonderful. But, but if you sit at home in a fireplace, man, at a lodge someplace, and you, you sit with your wife by a fire, you're like, wow, man, fire is, is incredible. It's a beautiful thing, right? And, and our sexuality is the same thing. That's why the enemies try to pervert that for so long, man, and to try to take it from us and say, nah, man, you're not like this. I didn't make, no, and we get into the whole Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, but let's not even get into that. But, but, but you understand, right? We get into marriage, and, and we'll get into that as we get into Genesis, man, because there's everything for the World Series is just going to blow us out the park. Amen? All right, let's bow our heads for a second. I'm done. Father, we just thank you, Lord. I thank you for your divine design, God. I pray that you would just start to, I pray that something in there kind of put a light on on somebody. I pray that it just help us to think a different way, that it help us to see things a different way. God, that when it rains, we'll, we'll, we'll start to see the science behind it and the design behind it and start to understand, wow, God, you made it rain to water the earth because we could not have done it, God. You designed it. And, and I just pray we that we would just start tripping with life, man, that we would just start to enjoy when we see the sun's rays, when we see the stars at night when the cool breeze just hits us or that we would just start to say God man 
Everything around me shows me that of your divine design, Lord. And it reminds me again and again that I am a divine design, that I was created to worship you, that I was created to have fellowship with my brothers and sisters, that I was created to have, to have love, man, and to be loved and, and, and to, to walk in love. And I was created, God, to be something. And so listen, man, if you're here for the first time and this might be the first time that you're hearing something like this, if this might be the first time that you that you haven't been called an idiot, but you've been called a divine design, that you haven't been called an accident, that you haven't been called a misfit, a delinquent, a good for nothing, a, a mess like your father, or uh, you messed up and screwed up like your mother. Listen, if you're here, I believe God brought you here today to just so somebody could tell you, man, you're incredible. You were incredible. You were formed together, knit in the womb, man. And God knows every hair on your head. And yeah, in this world, we're going to go through some ugly things. And there's going to be a lot of things that we can't explain. And, and a lot of times, sometimes, you know, a lot of bad things happen to good people, man. And that, and that causes us to doubt. And that causes us to wrestle with things. But God, I pray you would just say, God. I might not explain everything. I might not be able to understand everything. But I can't deny that all of creation says that you're God. That all of creation testifies that you are God. And so if that's you today and you're saying, man, I just, I want to know this God. I want to, I want to get closer to this God. I want to somehow have that understanding in me. Would you just be bold enough, man? Would you stand and just say, that's me, man. I just want to get closer to God. I want to start living my life right. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Amen. 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 Understand something. We don't, you're not standing to join this church. You're not standing to be part of a religious nothing. You just stand and say, God, I can't fight it anymore. I can't deny it anymore. You are God. There's something about this that might be true. There's something about this that's ringing in my heart that, that, that's kind of telling me this. It's right. I can't deny certain things anymore. So just, just stand with those that are already standing and say, and say God, I, I, I want to try you. That's you, just stand, man. I want to try. I want to try this thing. I want to try working. Listen, I got some issues that I still got to work out. I got some habits that I'm still about. But ain't nobody in here going to judge you. Ain't nobody here um, looking to condemn you or beat you up. All we want to do is get up alongside you and sit under that tree, man, and just enjoy its covering, enjoy its protection, enjoy its provision, and let God do the rest. Amen? Listen, would you stand with those that are standing and, and would you just kind of encourage, just put a hand on them as we pray real quick. Pastor Gary, would you come and just pray for those that are standing? Pray for those that are making a decision, man, to, to, to believe and to trust God. And all of you around, man, just, just lay a hand on them. Just, just believe and encourage. Father, I just thank you right now, God, for those who are taking a bold step, who are saying, I'm tired of the things of this world. I'm tired of living for myself, and I choose today to live for the divine creator. I, I, I just release blessings in your life right now. 
in every place where you've been stuck, in every place where the enemy has kept you back, in every place where the divine destiny, the divine purpose in your life has yet to come to pass, I unlock it right now. Yeah. Right now in Jesus' name. I call it forth. I call forth that divine creativity that God's placed in you. I call forth the greatness. I, I call forth the authority. And I decree over you that you are no longer the tail, but you are the head. I decree that there is no more lack in your life, in your marriage, in your relationship. There's no more failure. I decree success. I decree that you are made whole, made whole, made prosperous in every way. Father, we just thank you right now. I decree over you that you will build better businesses than this world because the designer is in you, that you will write better music, write better books, do better artwork, that you will be better students in school, that you will be better teachers, better workers, because the one who created this world, the one who made you, the God of diversity, he lives in you, and I just call that forth right now in Jesus' name. Now in Jesus' name, I call forth that spirit of creativity. Father, we thank you, Lord God. I thank you for your creation that worships you. How many, how many of you are saying, I'm a believer? I believe. I believe. I don't believe in a big bang, but I believe that there is a God who was and is and is to come, and he's unchanging, and he created this world. Just wave your hand to heaven right now. Let, let's just show God, and we're going to show the devil too that he's got no room in this church. God, we believe. We believe. God, we believe that you made man from dust, that in one day you created the moon and the stars, oh God, that you spoke it and it came to be. God, we are believers. Oh, we thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. God, we believe we do. We are not ashamed. We are not ashamed before you, before man, Lord God, to say, that you are our God. And more than anything else, God, I just thank you that the one who created the universe, the King of kings and Lord of lords, that you are in love with your people, oh God. That you are lovesick over your creation, oh God. Just receive that right now, the love of the Father. Yeah, thank you, Lord. The one who made you, the one who spoke a word, and the whole earth came into existence. It says in 1 Corinthians 11 that he is your husband. Isaiah 54, your, your maker is your husband. He loves you. Oh, 
church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless. us.